More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, it's all about me. Are you having a hard time dealing with a narcissist in your life? We want to help you find grace-filled ways to cope. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Uh, Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, it's all about me. Well, it's not about me, but 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 that's the name of the show. It's all about me as we talk about dealing with those narcissistic people that we all run into. Now, look, all of us can be selfish from time to time. That does not make us a narcissist. What makes somebody a narcissist is when we make selfishness a way of life. <laughs> Do you have someone in your life who acts like their problems are the only ones that ever matter, that your needs really don't count uh, unless they agree with them. Uh, People who think nothing about demanding all or at least the vast majority of your time and energy and become offended when you just don't drop everything to accommodate them. People who don't care who they hurt if they're hurting. Well, if so, you might be dealing with a narcissist and we want to help you find graceful ways to cope and maybe even heal those relationships. It's possible. Let's let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. There are gradations, of course, in terms of, of narcissistic people. All the things that you're talking about are, are pretty universal when you have somebody who's a narcissist in your life and you're thinking, hmm, I, I didn't realize that was the situation. But if you've got somebody who's sort of deep-rooted narcissist one of the other things is that you feel off kilter all the time like you're the crazy one you know they they just come at you with so much of of charm or love or you know just the charisma that they have and then suddenly you're just knocked off your pins because they are draining everything from you they are blaming you for their pain it it's a very disconcerting way to live if you've got a hardcore narcissist in your well, life well you know but you 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 uh you spoke to a common experience of narcissism you know the the, the charm the mm-hmm. you know the, all of that um but there's actually a, a, another type of narcissism right. too there's the victim narcissist that's right. the person who you know who is suffering in some way but but because they're suffering really believes that their pain is the only pain that matters. And those folks can be particularly challenging to deal with because on the one hand, we, we do really feel compassionately toward the suffering that they are going through. But um, where it gets problematic is that, that they can't see anybody else. 
because of what they're going through. And it and in their minds, it justifies them treating other people horribly because I'm in pain and, and how dare you? And, you know, you want to give those people a little bit of room and a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And, but then all, that's how they suck you in, uh, because you 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 can't be compassionate with them the same way you'd be compassionate with somebody else who was who was suffering uh, in a how for want of a better way to put it in a, in a humbler way in a way that that still allowed other people to exist well in a way <laughs> that didn't have the narcissistic component right you know because, because even people who are, are suffering greatly you know and i've certainly had many people in my life who are you know in the end of their life or or even um suffering from a really you know long-term chronic illness and even those people are still somehow looking out for others, you know, in the way right. they make requests and things like that. So it's a dimension to that that's very different, but also gets even more confusing for us as Christian people because we are called to serve so much and we're called to honor people in our lives and we're called to show respect to people. So if we have parents with narcissistic tendencies, siblings, friends, even our children, where do we draw the line? Where does it go from, hey, these people seem a little self-absorbed, to this is wrong, yeah. this is draining me, but I, I can't make heads or tails of it. And that's often the problem, making heads or tails of it when you're dealing with somebody who's narcissistic in your life. If you want to make heads or tails out of it, and you need new skills to deal with it so you can be a compassionate, loving Christian person and still have healthy boundaries and actually help that person as well as yourself, give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. You know, and again, as I mentioned, you know, all of us can be selfish from time to time. All of us have blind spots, and you know, we need to be called on that when when we are. And, and hopefully, if someone calls us on it, we're willing to repent and, and hear that. Um, but when we're talking about narcissism, that that's the next 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 that's next level selfishness. And some of the signs of a narcissist uh, include things like uh, an overwhelming sense of entitlement or superiority, a lack of empathy for others. Uh, manipulative or controlling behavior, strong needs for admiration, um, a focus on on just getting your own their own needs met to the exclusion of everybody else, um, ignoring the needs of others, higher levels of aggression, uh, difficulty taking feedback about their behavior. Those kinds of things separate the garden variety, you know, common selfish behavior um, from true narcissism. And, and those folks can be difficult to deal with. Uh, and so if you're not sure what you're dealing with, I mean, whether it's just garden variety selfishness, how do you deal with that? Yeah, because that is something we all do have to deal with. And again, it feels much more complicated when you are actually a Christian person, because we have mandates from God about how kind we should be, how generous we should be. And we don't want to sell that short but then how do we really work for that other person's good when they're being selfish Amen. and they're taking advantage of us in some way? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, um, St. John Paul, when he was the Pope, gave a series of reflections over about five years that looked at how examining God's fingerprints on creation can reveal his plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier 
relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that healthy, godly relationships are meant to be mutually self-giving. Theology of the body is very unique about this. You don't hear about this in many other places. These relationships are meant to model the love that exists at the heart of the Trinity. St. Bonaventure compared the Trinity to a three-bucket water wheel that's always pouring itself out totally, but never running dry, because it's immediately being filled up by the other two buckets. That is what healthy human relationships are meant to be like. Godly relationships make it safe to give all of ourselves to another, because the other is just as concerned with giving all of themselves back to us. The theology of the body tells us that every person has a right to communicate their needs to others and have their needs met by others as long as we are equally generous to others in return. You know, selfishness and narcissism can make that difficult to maintain that dynamic that Lisa was just talking about, right? Because narcissists tend to make us feel like we don't matter unless we're helping them serve their agenda. And our needs or concerns or opinions don't matter unless they happen to agree with us. Likewise, if a true narcissist ends up working for our good, it's almost always accidental. In other words, they're probably already doing something that's important to them, and if we happen to benefit from it too, well, that's fine. But they wouldn't go out of their way to leave their comfort zone to work for our good. In fact, they'd probably find the very idea offensive. Because narcissists tend to see people as objects, as, as a means to their ends. Although Christians have an obligation to be generous to others, we also have a responsibility to protect our personhood and to not allow other people to turn us into objects. You know, while we work to be generous to others, we should never feel guilty about setting charitable boundaries that remind the people around us that, that each of us is a unique and unrepeatable person who deserves to be heard, attended to, and loved. So let's talk it out. You know, whether, whether, we're, whether you're dealing with somebody who's just kind of got a little blind spot, maybe being a little selfish around the edges, and you're not sure how to charitably challenge that, or you've got somebody in your life who, you know, is, you're hearing us describe this narcissistic behavior and it's ringing some bells for you, let's talk it out and find some ways to cope and challenge those unhealthy behaviors and make those relationships a little healthier and holier. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you and we bring to you those people who seem a little selfish, maybe even narcissistic. And we ask you, first of all, to help us approach those people with charity so that we can see uh, what they are struggling with and see what their needs are and, and be as generous as we can safely. But also we ask, Lord, that you would help us to set healthy boundaries so that we don't allow ourselves to be turned into objects. Help us to have healthy boundaries and healthy relationships with the people around us so that we can focus on giving ourselves to each other instead of protecting ourselves from each other. In particular, Lord, we give to you those people that we feel might be a little bit selfish or narcissistic, and we ask you to please give us the grace that we need to know how to respond to them in ways that helps us be our best selves 
and encourages them to be their best as well. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, in the name of the of Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, our show is titled, It's All About Me, as we talk about dealing with selfish behavior and even people who are kind of narcissistic. How do we manage them gracefully? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's go to our first caller of the day who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, listener. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, a co-worker, a strong Christian um, and I've known for quite some time, uh, so friend and co-worker, going through uh, cancer treatment, and so obviously it's a difficult time. Um, sure. And I'm trying to balance the feeling that I have to do all I can to help cover work, work things, but not be sucked into that you have to do more because suffering well i mean in, in i mean in some sense we do have to do more to help yeah. people who are suffering right so but so help but help right. me understand kind of the practical issue that you're running into like where, where do you see it being a problem for you well when when i'm asked to to help cover something at work and it kind of comes to this point of well Never mind, never mind. You don't have to do that. Uh, it, you know, it's it's just all a problem. And so it's a little bit... She's saying and, this to you guys? So she's present at work. It's not like she's on leave. She is present And she asks for extra help. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. And, um, but she gets to the point where she she asks for the help, but she does it in a way that if you don't, if you're not able to immediately help or if you're looking for solutions, she kind of says, never mind, you know, they just won't, you know, this just won't happen. Um, okay. All right. So so kind of how to deal with that kind of passive aggressive uh, behavior that comes with this. You know, um, one of the things, and then this this is an important point, kind of just generally. One of the things that that, that distinguishes you know healthy behavior from from unhealthy behavior is, you know, we're allowed to ask for what we want, right? So if I want you to do X for me, it's perfectly fine for me to ask that. That's not selfish of me to say, you know, hey, I could really use your help with, blah blah blah. All right, where where we become selfish, okay, is if we kind of do, well, I want your help with thus and such, and I need it at this time and in this way. And if you can't do it in this time and in this way, then, sh- you know, shame on you. You're a terrible person, right? I, I start to pour guilt and shame on you. So so saying that what I want is fine, but, but, but demanding the how and the when as well is problematic. Where, where the reason I'm setting that up is because we always have the right, okay, to say, hey, yes, I would love to help you. Let's negotiate the how and the when. You know, I could help you this way. I could help you at this time. Does that work for you? And if it doesn't work for you, well, then fine. I, I, then you can get your help from somebody else or you'll do it yourself or whatever. And that's kind of what's happening here. I think she's a little nervous about asking for help. 
uh, you know, she's scared of her diagnosis. And so it's maybe, you know, making her a little tentative about asking for that help. And then when she doesn't, when you can't do it the way she wants you to do it and when she wants you to do it, she feels guilty. And so she then kind of does, she backs up and it comes off as passive aggressive. Well, it, it also sounds like it's a little threatening if she's saying, well, then it just won't get done. So she's kind of letting you know that it's going to trip everybody up. I think also here, it is going to be important to make sure that those who are trying to support her in this are having an extra meeting, whether that's, you know, in office, over Zoom, going over what the work week is going to entail, including what her treatment schedule is, and saying, where do you think you're going to need to be able to offload some of this? And where do you think you're really going to be able to handle this? So that everybody else around this can, A, plan in the extra work into their lives if it's possible, or B, let her really know you know, this is this is not doable because we're all on our other projects, so let's come up with an alternative. So, yeah, I mean, the answer to this really is is being clear about your right to negotiate the how and the when. So when she comes to you and says, could you help me with this what, you know, the what I want, you could say, I would, I would be happy to help you with what you're asking, but I, I need to negotiate the how and the when. I, I could do it this way. I could do it at this time. Would that work for you? And if she says no then leave that with her. She said no. So that means that you're off the hook at that point. I realize that's not what, what she's trying to communicate, but you know you want to be as generous as you can with this because you know we, we do have to be helpful when, when somebody's actually, actually suffering. But it doesn't, that doesn't mean that you have to drop everything to do it right then. You can negotiate the how and the when and still be generous about the what. Because that, that negotiating the how and the when, but still being generous about the what, is really what we were talking about in our Theology of the Body point, where you know St. Bonaventure was talking about that three-bucket water wheel. She is suffering. You know, there's, there's a bit of a crack in her bucket at this point that we're all praying will heal up and she'll be able to pour out her full amount. But it doesn't just say, okay, she can't give anything at all. Because if she's still present in the office, she can give that negotiation. She can give that flexibility about, okay, I've asked for help, but I have to let go of how it's going to be done. She needs to be flexible in that. That's her way of giving back to the rest of you who are helping to support her through this. And in that, you become that working team that can work together so that everyone's needs are met. Nobody's running dry just because somebody's having a bad time right now. Now, I don't know the nature of your relationship with this person, but if you if, if it's close enough that you could go to her and also say, hey, look, you know, I know you're going through a lot, and I really want to be able to be here for you and support you. Sometimes I can't do the thing you're asking exactly how and when you're asking me to do it. That doesn't mean that I'm not willing to help, though. So if you can be flexible about how and when, I'm, I am more than happy to try to address you know, the things that you're asking. So please keep that in mind, because sometimes I feel like you think I'm shutting you down uh, or you know, whatever. But, but, but you go to her and you t- kind of talk to her about it directly to reassure her that it's okay to ask for the help. Um, but that when you try to negotiate the how and the when, you're not saying you don't want to do it. You're just trying to figure out a way to do it that actually works for you. All right, so that that would be kind of a follow-up to it, if you have a close enough relationship with her that she would receive that well. Thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out. Listeners, we're taking your calls right now about dealing with those people who either sometimes are kind of falling into that selfish behavior that you're not sure how to deal with, 
or those folks in your life who might actually be fairly narcissistic. You know, those people who lack empathy, who have that sense of entitlement or superiority, who tend to be manipulative or controlling, have that strong need for admiration, uh, focusing so much on getting their own needs met that they don't care about yours, and on on and on, right? You know what it looks like, right? And if you are dealing with somebody like that in your life, whether you're married to them or they're your kid or they're a coworker or a friend, it's not a lot of fun. Let us help you find grace-filled solutions to those challenges at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up after the break. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. For there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling. 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled, It's All About Me, as we talk about dealing with selfish and even narcissistic people in our lives. All of us can be a little selfish from time to time. Um, You know, we all have blind spots. And when we do act selfishly, it's good to have someone charitably call us on that and give us a chance to repent. Uh, But then you have those folks who are sort of habitually selfish, those folks who are kind of narcissistic, really. Uh, And and those people can get pretty defensive when you try to call them on their behavior, even charitably. Are you dealing with somebody who you think has that awesome sense of entitlement, who tends to be so focused on their own needs and concerns that other people's feelings and needs and concerns don't matter? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk about... First of all, what you're dealing with, and second of all, how to deal with it. 877-573-7825. Let's talk, well, 
Actually, she just dropped, but let's take a question that was coming in from Alina in listening to EWTN in Washington. Yeah, so she was saying that she felt like she is the narcissist, and you know, is there any way she can stop being like this? And, you know, the funny thing about this, um, there was actually a study, Ohio State University did this back in 2014, where they, they identified one question that can help you identify a narcissist. <laughs> it's basically you ask the narcissist, are you a narcissist? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, they, they and 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 uh, they they developed a uh, they call it the single item narcissist scale, which sounds very professional. So it's, it's it's a one question. It's rate yourself on a scale of one to seven, one to seven. How narcissistic are you? People who rate themselves as higher in narcissistic behavior, generally speaking, are in fact narcissists. Um, and so, Alina, whenever you kind of call yourself out on this, you know you're seeing that there is something to this. The thing is. And, I, and I, I want to commend you on your humility to be able to see that, which is kind of ironic, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not only that you're identifying something in there, but the fact that you're reaching out for help. It's not just you're proud to be a narcissist, but you're no. really asking, how do I change this? You know, the thing about narcissism is exactly what I was talking about before. It, it become, we become wedded to this idea that, that what I want or what I'm feeling is the single most important thing. And it blocks my ability to see that other people have needs or concerns. Right? Um, and so if you want to try to be less narcissistic, don't give up on what you want, but be more willing to negotiate that how and when. When you, when you go to somebody and you ask for your needs or you tell them what your concerns are, work a little harder to listen to what their needs or concerns are so that you can come up with a solution that incorporates everybody's needs and concerns. So you're able to say, well, look, we can get this need met and I want to meet your need too so let's come up with a plan for making that happen and nine times out of ten if you're willing to negotiate the how and the when everybody involved can get their what met too right so so being self being selfish doesn't mean that I don't have wants or needs it doesn't mean that I don't tell people what I want being selfish means that I don't negotiate the how and the when. I want what I want, the way I want it, and when I want it. And if you can't do that, then heck with you. Right? And that's, that's where narcissism comes in. You know, I'm in pain right now. That's the only thing that matters. And so you have to do this this way and at this time. Um, or, you know, I have these needs and these are the most important things and get out of my way. Right? Um, that's what makes somebody more narcissistic. Whenever we're so afraid that we won't get our needs attended to or our hurts attended to, that, that we just dominate everything else and, and, and are insensitive to anyone else's pain or needs. So being willing to learn how to negotiate the how and the when, even while respecting the what, is the key to overcoming that tendency towards selfishness that we all have or narcissism in the more extreme case. Alina, I hope that those suggestions will get you started. If there's more that we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the show or at catholiccounselors.com to learn graceful ways to become more generous. We're taking your calls, listeners, at 877-573-7825 about the narcissists in your life. Give us a call. Let us help you cope. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We're all going to suffer. No one is getting out of this life unscathed. Even if you're an agnostic or an atheist, everyone is going to suffer. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, as our Lord tells us in the New Testament. So what do we do with it? Do we just say, oh, I'm so glad that's over and don't learn anything from it? Or do we say, okay, God, this was not fun. Or as St. Teresa of Avila, the great doctor of the church and my patron said, 
If this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few, right? Like, really, Lord? Seriously? And that's okay if you express yourself that way, obviously with respect and love, but St. Teresa of Avila did it, and so many saints expressed their frustrations that way. But at the end of the day, they still came back to God and said, okay, Lord, this really stinks, but I know somehow at the end, I'm going to come through it, and you're going to show me what you want me to do with it. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000, and they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchek. Did you know that research shows that married couples who find time to connect in meaningful ways tend to be happier and more resilient? It's not just about going out for a date now and then. It's about connecting in simple, ordinary ways on a daily and weekly basis. It's about finding ways to work, play, talk, and pray together instead of individually. For example, when couples choose to make a meal or clean up the kitchen together, that experience can nurture a sense of teamwork and collaboration that spills over into other areas of their relationship. Couples can connect by regularly doing something fun together, too. It doesn't need to be big. It might be as simple as reading a book together or taking an interest in one another's hobbies. As small as these rituals of connection might seem, over time, they create a deep, solid foundation for any marriage. They create the time couples need to share experiences, relate on a deeper level, and build a shared life together. Get more tips for building a strong marriage in the book How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. And if you would like to find faithful help with your relationship, visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. Hey, and before we take our, your next calls, we want to invite you to a great thing that's happening tonight. Uh, Lisa and I are hosting a Catholic Home Live Q&A this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. You know, the, more, the information and the link is available online at catholichom.com. And basically all of our members of Catholic HOM uh, get together once a month to share successes, ask questions, talk about raising kids and building a healthy, godly 
loving, connected, caring family life. It's just like a community gathering where you just sit around, you have those questions, you get the support you need, and it's a really lovely time. It's a little like having everybody over to our living room. I just can't provide snacks through the Zoom link. But. So if you've got questions about being a Catholic parent or raising a godly family, we want you to join us tonight for the Catholic Home Live Q&A. That's this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can learn more by visiting CatholicHOM.com and becoming a member of the Catholic Home Community today. Hope to see you tonight at 8 p.m. With that, we are taking your calls right here and right now about selfish and narcissistic behavior. How do you deal with it gracefully? Well, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. We're talking with our next listener who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio. Hey, caller. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Uh, I'm in a situation where I have a 42-year-old daughter that's got finance problems and she's blaming it on her husband. They're separated, uh, co-parenting, and he lost his job again. He said multiple jobs over there. the time that they've been married. They have two children. I have two grandsons. And she keeps looking at me for money. And the last time I told her she needed to do a budget, I bailed her out and um, he just refuses to do a budget, and I don't know how to handle it other than just say no and let everything fall apart and get notices for shutoffs and everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, it's interesting to me the language you're using here because, you know, you're saying that she is blaming it on her husband. Now, if if you had a daughter who seemed normally very responsible, everything was going well, and then her husband abandoned her, left her high and dry with two kids and no money, there would be a different response, I think. It sounds like you're thinking this is a lot of this is her, that this is a pattern in her life that she just wants to be bailed out. Is Am I hearing that correctly? Is that who you think she is? Get on. So you feel like there are things that that she could and should be doing that would help her be financially solvent that she's not doing. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. So, yes, I I think that your your instinct here is right, that you're going to need to say no and, and let the bottom fall out of this a little bit because, you know... When we we want to be generous and we want to help people, right? But sometimes the way we help can become part of the problem, right? We, we, we want to provide the kind of help that will eventually let a person stand on their own two feet. You know, so if you see, if you see somebody who's working hard but still is struggling to make those ends meet, then helping them make those ends meet is, is an act of charity and helpful because they're already working hard but they're just falling a little short. And the extra support we can provide enables them to then take the next step to you know, handle their needs better, right? Um, same thing with somebody who is struggling with a, with a problem, right? We, uh, we, you know, if we see that they're working hard on their problem, but they're just not quite able to do enough to get it together, then the extra boost that we can provide them gets them over the edge, and that's great. When, on the other hand, though, when we see somebody who is consistently not working on their problem, where they constantly find somebody else to blame for their problem uh, and are asking us to save them from their problem, then helping them actually causes us to become part of the problem. 
right? Because at that point, we're not helping that person become a stronger, healthier, godlier person. We're helping that person avoid their problems and not grow up. Uh, and that's not healthy, right? In fact, that's what, what psychologists will call codependent behavior, right? Um, where we kind of make ourselves feel good saving somebody from themselves, uh, even even when they're not working at all. So, you know, one of the rules of thumb of being generous is that we should always really work hard to be generous as long as we see the other person working as working hard on their problems, harder than we are, right? We should never be working harder on somebody else's problems than they are. Uh, because when, once that starts to happen, then they just give up on, on addressing that issue and they, they don't grow and they don't become healthier and stronger. So as painful as it will be to watch your daughter and, and, and grandchildren to some degree, you know, kind of struggle with paying the bills and getting shut off notices and those sorts of things, you're going to have to do that and, and continue to offer. Say, look, I am willing to help you make a budget. You know, if I see you doing X, Y, and Z, I'm able to do A, B, and C for you. You know, so don't shut the door on her. You know, say, look, I want to help, but here is how I can help you. I can help you come up with a budget. If I see you getting that job, I can help make up some of the difference. Uh, If I see you doing X, Y, and Z, I can do A, B, and C. But I can't just bail you out again because this has become a habit where you aren't taking responsibility for your life. You're just looking for someone to swoop in and save you from yourself. Uh, and, and that's not healthy for me. I'm your dad, and I love you, and I want you to be able to be a, a grown-up 42-year-old woman who takes responsibility for her life and her kids. Uh, and so, I'm, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no to the way you're asking for help. I'm still willing to help you. This is how and when. Right? And it's, it's that I'm not going away. I really want to be here to show you how to do this. If she says, I don't know how to make a budget, Dad, I will sit down and work this with you. I will go over it once a week with you till you learn how to do it. But you're not doing it for her. And a lot of grandparents are listening right now and saying, how can the pop check say that? These poor children. These children deserve a mom with capability and an ability to be there for them and not just flounder around in life. They need an adult mom. And if grandpa can put up these these ways of learning those skills instead of just bailing her out, he's actually working for the good of his grandchildren as well. So anybody who's thinking, oh, they're just abandoning those children, not at all. You really are going to be there for them in a way that says, you know, I will be here as a strong grandfather for them. If they need advice, if they need something, I can do that. But I'm going to help my daughter also become the adult that she really needs to be. All right. Thank you so much for the call. And if there's more we can do to support you, you know where to find us. Or check out the book, uh, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People, which is all about setting healthy boundaries with folks that allow you to be generous but not get caught up in the drama. 877-573-7825. We're talking about dealing with selfish behavior and, and the narcissistic people in your life. I can say it. Narcissistic people in your life. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Mike, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Wichita, Kansas. Hi, Mike. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, um, it concerns my wife, and I'm wondering if she isn't a narcissist. I don't know. But what happens a lot of times is, for instance, on a Saturday, she'll ask me if I want to go to Mass with her on uh, Saturday and maybe even at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it, usually I've got other plans, I'm busy, and if I say, no, I don't want to, she hears that I don't want to go with her. Not mm-hmm. that 
it's inconvenient for me, but she takes it personal. Okay. And, and well, let me let me ask you this, Mike. Do you sit down as a couple once a week and kind of come up with plans, a, a written schedule? You know, on Wednesday night, we're going to go to a movie or out to dinner. We're going to schedule our, our, our Sunday obligation for this particular mass and that we're both available for us so we can be together. We're going to, you know, do this project together. Do you get any time as a couple to do this, or is it always just kind of on the fly, like you're talking about here? Yeah, usually on the fly. Mm. Yeah, so the problem here is it's not that your wife's a narcissist. It, 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 you guys are kind of married singles, right? You know, each of you is doing your own thing. And what she's really saying to you, Mike, is that I miss you. Uh, and I, don't, I want a marriage. I, I want a marriage. I want a relationship with you. I want to do stuff with you. But we don't have any structures in our relationship for me to be able to say that to you. Because, you know, because we just do our own things. And, and that makes me sad. So what's happening is, you know, instead of actually coming to each other and, and coming up with that kind of plan that Lisa was just talking about, where you say, hey, I'd like to make sure we're getting some time together this weekend. What 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 can we do together? You know, so maybe you're doing that on, on Thursday, right? And you're saying, in the weekend's coming up, I'd really love to make a plan so we can make sure to get some time together. Instead of doing that, you're just making your own plans. And then, you know, she's like, well, I'm going to ask Mike if he wants to do this with me. And then he, she asks you, but it's not convenient. Then you say no. And, yeah, of course she feels offended because there's no way to, 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 to connect with you. And she's asking probably at a time where she's feeling like her emotional you know, tank is running really low. She hasn't had any time with you. You haven't made any overtures to be with her. And then she asks as a way to try to reach out to you. And because you're busy or don't feel like it. She feels hurt, and eventually you'll feel the same way at points, too, unless you're really suffering from a depression and you just want to be left alone all the time, and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother show. But I would strongly suggest, Mike, and I'm pretty sure you'll get a very positive response from this if you go to her today and say, you know what, we keep stumbling over each other whenever you ask me to do something, even when it comes to going to Mass. We don't have a solid time to go every week together. Let's sit down every Friday night or every Sunday night and make a plan for a week. It doesn't have to be an hour-by-hour hour plan, but it should be time when you do worship together. Okay, you, go, you have a time, set time to go to Mass for the oncoming week. Time where you have something fun to do together. Time when you work on a little project together, even if it's cleaning up the kitchen together in the evenings. Time when you get to actually talk to each other besides, do you want to do this? No, not really, I'm busy. You need to be intentional about this marriage. Once she sees you doing that and she's able to do it for you as well, your marriage will be a thousand times better and you'll want to spend that time together. Yeah, but right now that's the problem is that you, you guys don't have a way to approach each other and say, hey, I want you to be part of my life. I, I, I want to be a partner with you. You're, you're just sort of living separately. So, Mike, make that, make that ritual happen where you sit down regularly and talk with your wife about, hey, let's make some plans again to, to get some time with each other this week. What's that going to look like? And put it on the schedule so that you don't have to just try to handle it on the fly and then deal with the repercussions of having to say no at the moment because it's not convenient. Thanks so much for the call. We do talk more about this in our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. You can check that out at catholiccounselors.com as well as many other resources to help build your marriage. Thanks again. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- 
573-7825. We're taking your calls about dealing with those selfish and narcissistic behaviors of the people in your life. As we head out to our break, though, we want to first give some congratulations to another member of the EWTN Radio family. Veritas Catholic Radio in Connecticut is celebrating their fourth year with us. Congratulations, Steve Lee and your team at WNLK from all of us. EWTN. And folks, wherever you're tuning into your Catholic radio station, make sure that you are supporting your local station with your prayers and with your financial support so we can keep being here for you, supporting you in living a more abundant life and having healthy, holy relationships. All right, with that, we are heading out to our break, but it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 19. Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Such persons do not serve our Lord, but in their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Strong words from St. Paul. And, and, you know, again, highlighting the fact that, yes, Christians are called to be generous. We're called to be open to others and to build relationship with others. But we have a right to set boundaries, even to the point of saying, this is not a healthy relationship for me to be in. Uh, And St. Paul is asking us to exercise good discernment when it comes to the company that we keep. And those people who will not respond to our charitable challenges when they're behaving selfishly, it's okay to set boundaries with them and even say, I'm sorry, I can't be with you anymore because this behavior is just too unhealthy and it's, it's pulling me down and stopping me from being the person God's calling me to be. Well, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. The show today is titled, "All It's All About Me, as we talk about dealing with selfish behavior and narcissistic people. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue in just a minute. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. If you're an optimistic Catholic, will you live longer? I'm Chuck Adica, and this is Journey Strong. My wife Susan and I recently lost a dear friend who almost made it to age 99. Varied studies suggest that we may have a better chance of living to near 100 if we are both emotionally aware and hold a positive attitude about life. Being optimistic is a Catholic thing, or it should be. We hold views that include man and God prevailing over darkness and evil, and all human life being highly valued and unique all positive. But we need more than worldly optimism. We need true theological hope. The Catechism states, hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Now that's hope. For more on this, look to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. 
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled, It's All About Me! As we talk about selfish behavior and narcissistic people, how do we deal with that charitably? 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Good morning. Thank you. Um, I have a problem with my daughter-in-law who has the symptoms of being a narcissist. Mm. And uh, all, I, all I know what to do now is to pray for her. Well, what's good? give uh, me an example of a situation that's come up between the two of you that you'd like to maybe handle better or, or aren't sure how, well, you know, what to say or do. Likes to draw attention to herself all the time. For instance, for by a, doing what? I'm sorry? Give me an example of, of what that looks like. Drawing attention to herself? Okay, uh... Well, for example, if she's in a crowd speaking, you know, uh, talking to younger people, then she will bring attention to herself, saying, well, I did this and I did that. Maybe you could join me, go to a bar or something. And it's, it's a group of I mean, people who... The way you're describing it, it sounds like she's being sociable. So like, help me understand where it's problematic for you. Okay. Well, she's out to hurt people who she deems somehow is against her. And give me an example of what you mean. Like, give me a situation. Where, where did that happen? I believe you. I'm just asking you to give me a concrete example. We need something ta- you know, tangible to work with. Accusations against this, against this person, which everyone knows is not true. Yeah, she I, I need you to. I, I'm sorry, Margaret. I, I just need you to give me some details. You're, you're going to talk vaguely about Give us a circumstance. So she, I what, what accusation? What you're feeling against yeah, her? What accu- that's strong. What accusations is she making? What's the context here? Give me some. Give me something to work with. Hurt her. That someone uh, has physically hurt her, and has called the law on them. And, and who, who it, hurt her? It did not happen. Her husband. And how do you know it didn't happen? Because I had gone on the scene after she made the accusation, and she gave me a totally different story than what she told the law. So what I'm hearing you say is that you're, that she has accused your son of being of, of domestic violence, and that she's actually called the police on him, uh, and that you you know are obviously upset about that, uh, and and you're and and you're saying that this is this is on her. Yes. She has all these symptoms of being a narcissist. Well, but it's also a little more complicated than that because, you know, clearly something's going on between your son and your daughter-in-law, right? You know, even if he didn't do everything he's accused of, um, they're not, they don't have a healthy relationship, 
right? And rather than just saying that she's the problem here, I think it's important for you to step back as, as, as the, the mom, the, the Christian mom in this situation, to say, you guys, you know, and saying to your son, you guys need to get help for your marriage. You know, this is not a healthy relationship. And, and you know, wh- whether or not she, you've done everything that she's accused you of as, as the husband in this situation, you, you have to be willing to take the lead to acknowledge that there are problems in this marriage and, and you need to take responsibility for fixing those problems by going to get some counseling, by, by going to programs like Retrovi, by really getting the help that you guys need to be everything that you are. When, when you take this position, Margaret, what you're doing is basically denying that there's any problem. And you're making her the problem for, for calling attention to something. Now, again, you, you might you might say, you know, all the stuff that she says didn't happen. And, and sometimes people will do that. I, I acknowledge that. But, but that doesn't, but, but there's, there's, even with that information, there's still a serious problem in this marriage. And you just saying she's a narcissist doesn't solve that. Well, let's just say she is a dyed-in-the-wool narcissist. And she is manipulative enough that she made this up completely your son never did anything she called the law and now he's in trouble you need to be talking to your son about getting into serious counseling because if he has been so sucked in by such a a strident narcissist that his life can be wrecked this way he needs help he needs a lot of help to untie the knots in his mind that a dyed in the wool narcissist has created either way you know they 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 need help right and so you just saying she's a narcissist doesn't solve the problem they you know he's married this woman um, and, and stayed and, with her long enough to let this happen. You know, and so clearly there are problems in the way that they, they handle conflict, uh, the way they handle their emotions. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, so, so, so I, I, again, I understand you wanting to protect your son. But um, that, that sticking your head in the sand and saying there's no problem here except for the fact that she makes noise about it, that, that's not healthy. I certainly appreciate that, you know, you're saying the only thing you can do is pray for her at this point. You're right. You probably can't do a lot for her in particular. She's not going to accept your influence. But while you're praying for her and praying for this marriage and praying that the the legal situation gets worked out, you really want to be that strong Catholic mom who says, sweetheart, this has gone wrong. For whatever reason, this has gone wrong. And you need to get into real counseling. You're saying this to your son to help you untie these knots, to help you be the healthy, godly man that God wants you to be, to see if this is such a narcissistic situation that there's no way to fix it and you need to get into a safe place, or if there's a way to really heal what's going wrong in this marriage. But what needs, to, I mean, what definitely doesn't need to happen is for you to opt poor baby your son and say, oh, Absolutely there's the nothing case. wrong here. I'm sorry that your wife is picking on you. Shame on her. Because the situation is much more complicated than that. And, you know, I see a lot of these situations where family just take, take sides and, and all poor babies, their kid, um, their adult kid, and that is never healthy. It makes it worse. It keeps them from ever growing up and taking responsibility. It helps them from healing any wounds that have been inflicted emotionally by their partner. It's a disaster. So this is not the time you just want to be all poor babying him. You want to be that strong woman of God who is praying through this and really, really encouraging him to get the therapeutic help he so needs. So look out, look in your in your community to find some good, uh, faithful marriage and family counselors uh, and have that list ready and really strongly urge your son to get the help that he and his wife need to live a healthier life. Thanks so much for the call. You know, we've been talking today about selfishness and narcissism. And again, as we go out, you know, you're not selfish for wanting what you want. It's perfectly okay to say, hey, I want X. 
Uh, hey, I have need Y. I have concern Z. Nothing wrong with that at all. Where we become selfish is when we say, I want what I want, when and how I want it. right? And I start to demand the when and the how. So don't, always be free to negotiate the how and the when. But hold on to those what's because they're really important. And that's how we get the needs met that God has given us that enable us to be the person God's calling us to be. And that's what distinguishes selfishness from unselfishness. Being willing to negotiate that how and when to get your what. Thanks so much for your calls today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. If there's more we can do to support you in dealing with those selfish and narcissistic people in your life, give us a call at, eight, uh, excuse me, come visit us at catholiccounselors.com where you can check out all the resources we have, including learning more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice and work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, and personal life. Also, join us tonight at 8 p.m. at catholichom.com for our live Q&A on parenting and building a Catholic family. Check it out. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.